Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, Seeing People Where They Are, in the sermon series, Simple Church. We're glad you're here. Wherever you're watching from, to join us in worship as we give God praise and we give him honor. Amen. Let's pray. God, we... Thank you and we love you. We bless you and we honor your name. Thank you for this day and this moment, this time that you allowed us to gather together. And we promise that we will give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Touch us now with more of you. Not our will be done, but let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The book of Acts chapter 3, starting at verse number 1. That's Acts chapter 3, starting at verse number 1. Uh, We are thankful again to uh, continue in this um, vision and theme for the year, uh, being a simple church um, where we focus on prayer, uh, preaching of the word, practicing our faith in people. And today's sermon will focus on how should we as Christians and believers how we as the church should focus on people. And so we will focus on that through this sermon on today. The Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by that right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I want to preach from the topic today, seeing people where they are. Seeing people where they are. (coughs) Past few weeks, I've been trying to develop a value proposition in order to present to donors who would be interested in investing in Mount Zion to build our community life center. In this proposal, I have to articulate the need of our community, the needs of our community, how Mount Zion is meeting those needs, and why is it important for us to have this building. I love our church and the work that we do because we do not have the luxury trying to focus on one area of need, but we are committed to focusing on the whole family. 
According to the 2020 census, the south side of Madison consists of just over 6,000 people, with 62.2% of those residents being non-white people, compared to the whole city with only 21.1% of non-white residents. The south side of Madison just may be the most diverse area in the city. According to the American Community Survey in 2019, the median income for South Madison residents is just over $40,000, which is 48% lower than the city as a whole. 29% of households are single family homes. And of the 2,541 households, 676 receive food stamp benefits in 2019. Why is this important? Because often when the food stamps run out by the end of the month, causing people to look for other means to get food, our food pantry has been vital to this community to ensure no one has to go hungry. For over 30 years, Mount Zion, Mother Bernard, and Sister Miriam have been feeding South Madison residents. 24% of African Americans in Dane County live below the poverty line. 46% of renters are spending 30% or more of their household income on their rent. And the phone calls we receive the most are requests for housing support. And I thank God for our benevolence committee who tried their very best to give and support those who are in danger of losing their housing. When government-funded programs run out of money, they refer people to come to Mount Zion. And often we use the funds given to the church based off the generosity of our members, while other nonprofit organizations are able to use tax dollars to do their work, we have to use dollars that have already been taxed. 14.5% of people on the south side of Madison do not have a high school diploma. According to the 2018 and 19 forward exam, only 9.4% of African-American kids are proficient in math and reading, and almost 60% are below the basic requirement. However, we honor Mother Hodge for creating the Academic Learning Center that provides tutors to our children. And we are thankful for First Lady Tara for continuing this program, meeting Tuesday through Thursday each week to ensure our children are proficient in math and in reading. I'm thankful for the creative mind of Dr. Billings for creating Smartly in the Park for our now summer program that teaches our children and the school without walls that Minister Richard operated so well providing tutors and Wi-Fi to our children while they were out of school due to COVID. 46% of our jail population are African Americans. 58% of school suspensions are, are black children. Black children are arrested 7.46 times the rate of white children in Dane County. 
due to these individuals being juveniles, confidentiality barriers try to prevent me from developing a program from helping these kids. However, now every second and fourth Sunday of the month, myself and others and members of the University of Wisconsin football team go to this juvenile detention center to mentor these kids and give them another look at life. Thankful for Cassandra Thorpe, who is the director of our media studio that is teaching youth how to use our equipment. And most Sundays, it's the youth who are operating our cameras and sound and media. Thankful for Monique Bryson, who is director of our mentorship program that helped children who are aging out of the foster care system. We saw the need to help our children, and we went to work. From 2018 to 2020, 12% of deaths in Dane County were suicides, and 10.6% were African-American. 23% of Dane County residents binge drink alcohol. 4.6% of hospitalizations are due to opioid use, with 11% being African-American. And 18% of Dane County residents who are on Medicare suffer from depression. However, 17% of South Madison residents do not have health care insurance. But thank God for our partnership with Anisa's Family Therapy, where we offer here at our church free non-referral mental health care for anyone in the community. We provide a licensed therapist, a substance abuse and drug abuse counselor, and a crisis stabilizer to help those who are struggling mentally free here at Mount Zion Baptist Church. I thank God that this church has been committed to seeing people where they are, but also trying to help them to get to a better place. So the question is today, how do we help them get to a better place? How do we see people where they are, but then help them get to a better place? I'm glad that you're asked. We see it in the text today. Number one, we must be committed to prayer. We must be committed to prayer. If you look at the four P's of this year, prayer and preaching and practicing and people, all of it starts with prayer. If we don't pray, we can't practice what we preach. If we don't pray, we won't be able to uh, be able to preach the word of God. If we don't pray, we won't be able to help people. But it takes prayer to lead the way. And here in the text, we see this tag team of apostles. They are on their way to prayer. Peter and John show the power of two. They show us that all we need in life is not all we need, but all of us need a prayer partner. All of us need someone that can pray with us and pray for us when it seems as if we can't pray for ourselves. All of us need somebody standing in the gap for us who really knows what we're going through and know what we are enduring. We all need a prayer partner. (coughs) The early church followed the Jewish tradition when it came to prayer. They prayed three times a day, and it was during this ninth hour that Peter and John were on their way to the house of God just to pray. Prayer helps you to handle the things you cannot see. Let me say that one more time. Prayer helps you to handle the things you cannot see. The apostles, they were not on their way to church to heal the man, but they were on their way to church to strengthen their relationship with their God 
by communicating to the Lord through prayer. And this narrative proves to us that we must always be committed to prayer because we never know what we will encounter. I wish I had a witness here. We, we never know the problems we would face. We never know how life will come at us. We never know the phone calls we will receive. So every day should be started off with prayer. Prayer gives you the strength for the journey. Prayer gives you courage for the day. Prayer gives you insight and spiritual knowledge. Prayer gives you wisdom and assurance that God that you're talking to is able to handle whatever you're going through. Prayer allows you to deal with the mess of this world. Prayer gives you strength when you're weak. Prayer lifts you when you're down. Prayer allows you to meditate on who God is. Prayer moves your attention from your problem and put your attention on your God. Prayer always works and it still has power. <coughs> Prayer must be the first thing we do if we're going to help anybody else. Because, because we, we can't help others if we're sick. We, we can't put others' oxygen mask on if we haven't put ours on first. And the way we receive life in this world for the Christian, it starts in prayer. It's in prayer where we tell God all about our problems. I wish I had a witness here. It's in prayer where we cry our tears. It's in prayer where we wonder how God's going to make it, but we trust that he's able to do it. It's in prayer where we sit still and meditate on God. And not only do we talk to God, but we allow God to talk back to us. It's in prayer where we receive revelation for the journey. It's in prayer where we see peace in the midst of our storms. It's in prayer where we I get the understanding of what we're going through. And if we never get the reason why, it's in prayer where we testify, Lord, we trust you to do exactly who you are and be God in our lives. Prayer, we must be committed to prayer. If we're going to see people where they are and then take them to a better place. Not, not, on, not, not only must we be committed to prayer, but we also must have compassion for people. Must be committed to prayer, but we must have compassion for people. As the apostles journeyed to church, they noticed a lame man being carried to one of the gates of the temple called Beautiful. Here during the ninth hour of prayer, the prime time for receiving alms. The rabbis of that time taught them that there were three pillars of the Jewish faith. The Torah, worship, and showing of charity. Alms giving was one of the main ways to show kindness and was considered a major expression of one's devotion to God. With their minds set on worship, those who entered the temple for the evening sacrifice and prayer would be particularly inclined to practice their piety by generously giving alms to a lame beggar. This nameless man in the text was lame from his mother's womb. He, he, will, he has never been able to stand on his own two feet. All of his life, someone has had to carry him. Yeah, Lord, help us today. He couldn't support himself. He is left to the mercy of a compassionate society, no government aid, no social services, no disability, but he has to depend on begging just to make it from day to day. 
He's born at a disadvantage. He's laid at the gate, and now he encounters Peter and John. Just listening to that, just listening to this man's situation, it's the same for many of our children in our county. They're born at a disadvantage. They've never been able to stand on their own two feet. Someone has always had to provide something for them. They've always had to live off some type of support from somebody else. They've had to beg for things. But but thanks be to God, we see in the text, Peter and John, they saw the man. And this man was lame, but, and, and his condition was that he couldn't help himself. But thanks be to God, he received some intentional attention. Some intentional attention from Peter. And, and Peter looked at him. He didn't judge him for being lame. He didn't judge him for being disadvantaged. He didn't judge him for being a beggar. He didn't condemn him. He didn't disregard his request. The Bible says he looked at him. This look was to say, I see you and I care about you. I wish I had a witness here. The hardest thing to do is to attempt not to make eye contact with someone who is about to ask you for something. I know, I know, I know you all never experienced it, that you didn't have any money in your pocket. You pulled up to the gas station and you just knew when you got out your vehicle, somebody was going to ask you for something. And what you try to do is not make eye contact because if you make eye contact, you allow them to know that they that you see them I wish I had a witness and if you see them you and you don't give anything to them or you try to avoid them at least they know you saw them I wish I had a witness here have you ever drove up to a stoplight and someone standing out there on the street they walk towards your vehicle and what do you do when you don't have anything to give or you don't want to give anything you keep your eyes straight forward as if you was in the military men marching down the road I wish I had a witness here. They, they, they looked at him. They, they looked at this man. They put their eyes on him. And many who are lame in this world are just requiring someone to have compassion on them and just look at them. Yes, the alcoholic may be begging for money, but more than anything, he wants or she wants you to look at them. The homeless, yes, they need some funds to get by, but more than anything, they want somebody to look at them. The drug addict, the lost child, the pregnant teenager, the domestically abused spouse, the single parent, the person with HIV, the depressed, the mentally ill, they need material things, but most of them just want somebody to to look at them because when we look at people with compassion we can see more than just their condition but we will see who they really are we, we will see how they ended up in these circumstances and it's not always by choice but sometimes life happens to people and they just can't rebound from what they're going through but they just need somebody to look at them Peter looked at the man and then told the man to look at us. Peter demanded that the man pick his head up. Wish I had a witness. Because when you don't have it, you should never be too ashamed to beg for what you need. Let me say that one more time. When you don't have it, you should never be ashamed 
to beg for what you need. I, I don't care. I don't care who, who I'm talking to today. You may be in a place where you say, I'm not asking nobody to do anything. I'm going to let this pride go because I need somewhere to sleep. I wish I had a witness here. I, I need some food to eat. I need a job and I got to swallow my pride. Even though I don't like what I'm doing, I'm going to do what I need to do until I'm able to do what I want to do. Peter says, man, hey, look at us. As to tell the men to examine who they were. Peter says, hey, um, we're just two broke preachers. Well, we, we don't have much. You can tell by the way we look that we are not rich. We are just two broke preachers. And the Bible says he looked at them expecting to receive something. He didn't know <clears throat> what he was about to receive, but he expected something. He, he asked for money, and as we look at the text, he didn't care how much he received because he didn't put that in his request. He just asked for something. I wish I had a witness. He, he, he didn't say, hey, give me $10. He, he didn't say, hey, I need $50. He just says, give me something. My brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but anytime I get in the presence of God, I, I, sometimes I don't know what to ask for, but I'm expecting God to do something. I wish I had a witness. I, I, I don't know what he's going to do, but I, I know he's able to do something. I, I don't know if he's going to heal uh, all bodies, but I need him to heal at least one body. I wish I, I, I don't know how he's going to change things, but, but God, I need you to do something. It is somebody, you're watching this today and you're wondering, God, can you just do something? Can you do something in my life? Because whatever God does, he always does it in a great and marvelous and wonderful way. But God, if you do something in my life, I'll get what I need. If you don't do anything else but bless me right now, God, I need you to do something. Peter John were committed to prayer. Peter and John had compassion on the man. And finally, we see in the text, we see a connection with the power source. A connection with the power source. This is how they were able to see the man where he was, but also lift him up to a better place because they were committed to prayer because they had compassion on, on the people. But then finally, because they had a connection to the power source. If we're going to have an impact on this community, we need to ensure we're connected to the right power source. I wish I had a witness. Yes, we talk to city and, and uh, officials, and yes, we talk to state officials and county officials, but that's not the power source that the church leans on. Y'all not going to hear me today. That, 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 that's not who we are depending on to be the supplier of our needs and give us what we need to make it in this world to help others. The power source is Jesus himself. He looked at them. and The Bible suggests that he was expecting something from Peter and John. Peter saw the way he was gazing at them and said, hold up, bro. Um, we don't have silver and gold, but what we do have, we're going to give it to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. 
Don't have money for you, young man, but I do have Jesus. I don't, I don't have things that will perish, but I have something that's eternal. I may not have anything to give you to fill you up for a moment, but I have something that will fill you up for a lifetime. I wish I had a witness here. We learn from the apostles that whatever we give, we must always put Jesus in it. I wish I had a witness. We must always give Jesus also. And no matter how great we are at reaching our community and meeting the social needs of those around us, we must always be concerned about the souls of the people. And Jesus will always be the best answer. No matter how well we're doing with a counseling center that's helping people mentally, we need to ensure we're helping them spiritually. No matter how well we're giving food out through our food pantry and feeding people with food, but we need to feed them with the word of God. No matter how we're grooming our children and tutoring them and allowing them to learn academically, but we need to also teach them about the man named Jesus who's able to do anything. Yes, yes, people may request other things from us, but most of all, we must always give them Jesus. Jesus is the source and the strength of our lives. Jesus is what lifts the downtrodden. Jesus is what gives hope to the hopeless. Uh, Jesus is the provider of our needs. Jesus is the strength to the weak. Jesus is the way out of no way. Jesus is what the world needs. Jesus is what lifts us. Jesus is what we need to be giving. Peter suggests, I don't have what you want, <clears throat> but I'll give you what you need. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. Notice Peter does not operate under his own strength, but that Jesus is the one he referenced the name to. Peter makes it clear because there may have been other people in those days named Jesus. So Peter said, let me make this clear. It's Jesus Christ, help us today, who, who was born in Nazareth. I wish I had a witness. He, he said, let, let, let me make this clear to you. This is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This is the one in which I'm talking about just in case those who are listening think I'm talking about another Jesus, but I'm talking about the real Jesus. I, I, I'm talking about the one I spent three years with and walked around with. I'm talking about the one I saw uh, feed uh, a, a whole thousands of people with two fish and five loaves. I'm talking about the one who invited me to come and walk on the water with him. I'm talking about the one. I saw a woman who came up behind them and she was sick, but all she did was touch the hem of his garment and she was made well. I'm talking about this Jesus. Uh, the one when my mother-in-law was sick and had a fever. We didn't have Tylenol back then. But then when Jesus came in the room, he touched her 
I wish I had a witness here. And she was made well. I'm talking about Jesus. When this little girl of Jairus was sick and then she died, Jesus went to his house. And me, Peter, James, and John, we went in the room with her. We saw the little girl dead. But it was Jesus that said, little girl, rise up. And this girl was dead. But Jesus told her to get up. I'm talking about this Jesus, the one that went to Lazarus' tomb, uh, told them to move the stone uh, and called Lazarus and told him to come forth. I don't want y'all to be confused, uh, but it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Peter said, I, I, I want to be clear who, I'm to you, who, who you may think I'm talking about. I'm talking about Mary's baby. Talking about God's only son. Peter tells the man in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He told him to do something he had never done in order for him to receive something he had never had. I wish I had a witness. He tells him to rise up and walk. He tells this man who's been lame since birth to do something that he had never done in order to receive something he had never had. Oh yes, I was riding in the car with my wife just today and while we was riding down the road, my wife told me, hey, I'm about to start speaking those things that are not as if they were. Yes, sir, I'm about to call those things in the back to the front that God has prepared for my life. And what Peter did. He spoke to that man life. He said, you've never walked before, but I need you to rise up and walk. You never stood on your own two feet, but I need you to rise up and walk. Is there anybody watching today that you telling yourself today, I'm going to speak to those things that are not as if there were. I'm blessed in my going out, in my coming in, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. Is there anybody in the building that I'm speaking to those things that may not be as if they were? I shall be the head and not the tail. I'll be the lender and not the borrower. Have I got a witness in the building today? Peter tells the man to rise up and walk but he just didn't tell him to rise up and walk the Bible says he reached down with his right hand and lifted the man up he gave him what he needed but he also gave him a hand up have I got one witness here I may give you some food but I'm going to show you how to get more food I may give you some money but I need to show you how to give more money. I may give you something, but I want to teach you how not to return to this place. Have I got one witness? I want you to get up, but I don't want you to be down again. I want you to stand on your own two feet, but I want you to be level with the ground again. So let me help you up. The man gets up and the Bible says he began to leap and praise God. Y'all not feeling me? The Bible says when he got on his feet, he began to leap 
and praise God. Y'all not feeling me? When he stood on his feet, he began to leap and praise God. He didn't praise Peter, but he praised God. He didn't praise John, but he praised God. And then the Bible says he went in the temple leaping and praising God. He could have went home, showed his family, look what the Lord has done. He could have went to the grocery store, could have went to the club, could have went anywhere else, but he decided, I'm going to the house of God and give God praise for lifting me up. Have I got one witness? It's a good place to be when God has delivered you, when God has brought you out. The place of worship is a good place to be, maybe online, maybe in person, but I'm going to give God praise when he lifts me up. I'm going to leap and I'm going to praise God because I've got a testimony. If it had not been, yes, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, tell me where would I be? Is there anybody that could testify? He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. The Lord is my rock. He is my salvation. So I'm going to leap and praise God where I am. He brought me what I have. He gave me who I am. He made me. Have I got one witness? Ain't he all right? Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.